This is the Money Made Better podcast by Libro Credit Union, helping you with the financial need to knows with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the Money Made Better podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. Having a lot of fun with these episodes. I did tease last month at the end of my conversation with Libro's new CEO and head coach, Sean Good, that we were going to be talking about all things ag in the month of September. And I am a woman of my word. So the good news for you is uh, I have somebody here who will be able to answer my questions because I am not an ag expert. I have Matt Arts, who is an agriculture specialist with Libro Credit Union. We're, we're very grateful that you're here and I'm excited to chat with you. You are so entrenched in ag and the ag community within Libro in Southwestern Ontario. So maybe to start, can you just maybe give me a little bit of a brief history on you and how you got in to the ag stuff? Some people are, uh, you know, enter ag and some people are born into it. And basically, yeah, our farm was a uh, hog and, and cash crop farm, so we raised hogs uh, for uh, further processing, I guess you could say, is what we use in the term, but basically to turn into pork. As well, the uh, on the cash crop side, so my parents grew uh, corn, soybeans, wheat. Uh, at times, they, they grew uh, white beans, which are used uh, as, uh, for human consumption. And now my older brother is taking that over and he has diversified that further. So uh, still has the hogs, still grows soybeans, corn and wheat. He grows cranberry beans, which look like a a kidney bean with uh, white streaks through it, adzuki beans, and also grows uh, produce and has a farm gate sales and a maple syrup shack. So things really uh, expanded from there. And I've always... Uh, remain somewhat involved more on the fringes now that my brother's taken over and I've moved off the farm. Uh, After uh, high school, I went to the University of Guelph where I uh, was enrolled at the Ontario Agricultural College. And after graduation, I worked for a animal nutrition company for a couple of years and realized that uh, I, I grew very interested in the banking side of things I was working in specific, specifically in swine nutrition during a time which was very difficult in the market. I was working with farmers quite a bit on cash flows, uh, on the financial side of things, how to improve, and that really drew my interest to banking in the agricultural side of things. So I, I joined Libro in 2000, which now seems like a very long time ago. And we worked uh, primarily with, with farmers. I also worked on uh, commercial, uh, with commercial owners as well. And in 20, uh, yeah, I guess 2020, I'm, yeah, 20 years later, the opportunity to become an agriculture specialist uh, came, came upon us and I applied for it. And I really liked the direct connection to uh, ad- help advance Libro's involvement in agriculture and agribusiness. So I just looked at that as a tremendous opportunity. So it's it's fair to say that you have a long history. It's kind of in the blood with you, which makes sense that you are now in a role with Libro. 
a lot of people who are maybe listening to this who aren't owners with Libro don't know, but we have a very long history before we were Libro Credit Union even with the ag sector. It was kind of where we got our start almost. Can you just give like a, a brief overview of that and how we got from then to now? Yeah, I could definitely do that. Uh, when I, you look back at, uh, I, I came into Libro uh, through the St. Willibrord Credit Union stream of things, which uh, a very large part of that when it was founded, uh, most of the founding members were agriculture connected uh, through farming. A lot of the original owners were farmers. And when you look at a lot of our original branches, are rooted in rural rural Southern Ontario. And when you look at the other credit unions that have merged with St. Willibrord Credit Union to become Libro Credit Union, it's very rural-based and a a lot of farm history. So from the inception, agriculture was a very key component to Libro Credit Union. And with uh, going to today, Libro's made a very strong commitment to maintain its agriculture involvement through uh, a dedicated uh, working group in agriculture, which involves agriculture specialists and agricultural markets manager to ensure that in the long run, we maintain that and grow that agricultural involvement. I'm going to make a pretty broad (laughs) assumption right now. Um, I think that a lot of people who maybe do not have ties to the ag sector are obviously aware that farmers are essential, that that's how we get food on our tables at home. We just had Canada's Outdoor Farm Show a few weeks ago. I'm just curious to hear about any type of trends. And ag is something that changes so rapidly as it has to. It's kind of like technology, right? Things are always evolving and paces are changing. And so I'm just curious to hear about any kind of trends and what's new and happening in the ag sector. That's a really... I, I don't want to patronize you, but that is a really great question because, uh, and very timely because we, we walked, did quite a bit of walking around the outdoor farm show. And I, I did bring uh, a coworker uh, around on the one day. And one thing I really explained was driving down the road uh, to a person, not deeply invested in agriculture, uh, not financially, but like just doesn't have much agricultural background, if any, Uh, farming, they may not see a big difference in farming from even like 30 years ago to today, but it's many incremental changes and everything is, it's deeply science-based. It's when you look at the outdoor farm show, farming is often labeled as very traditional. And I think sometimes agriculture is playing catch up on telling its own story and often suffers from others telling that story with and and a lot of generalization but when you when we walked around the outdoor farm show the the advancements is is quite incredible you look at growing up on the farm how we applied fertilizer when i was a kid to like is very general how we applied uh sprays seeding uh just Every aspect of agriculture was far more general then, but far more advanced than it was 30 years prior to that. And if you look at today, I, I don't think 30 years ago, you could imagine what things are doing today. 
like if you look at uh, precision agriculture, where you use a GPS to assist with or, or drive the tractor, essentially, uh, which will control when the fertilizer spreader starts, when the, the seeding, uh, the planter is actually dropping seed in the ground, when spray, uh, when a nozzle goes on on a sprayer, and the amount of overlap that that prevents, how it reduces fuel usage, it reduces spray usage, it reduces fertilizer usage, and that's just the thin edge of the wedge, right? If you look at how soil testing is being done, there's a there's a, uh, a very exciting Ontario-based company that is doing soil testing based off of, uh, uh, this sounds very science fiction-y, but based off of gamma radiation. All I just heard was the Hulk. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's what I'm thinking. It's like, this is going to sound like the, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, not gamma radiation as uh, something that would... Uh, turn you green and make you angry. Right. Uh, but more in the in the manner of everything reflects back gamma radiation. Uh, I'm probably saying this wrong, so my apologies to the owners of this business. Uh, <laughs> I just call it like an electronic eye. Okay. So basically, they'll do a representative sample, I believe one, one sample every eight acres, to test the soil for nutrient levels. And then they, they'll use a vehicle. Uh, and in the future, I think you'll see a robot going doing this that will cover that field and test use that radiation feedback and compare it with the representative sample uh, before soil maps were taking well, I should explain soil maps first please do okay so soil maps basically uh, farmers will uh, hire their fields to be tested for nutrient levels so that they're not over applying fertilizer or under applying fertilizer so that's very important for nutrient runoff, uh, economics, um, just ensuring that they're not over-applying or, or under-applying in an area to, you know, ensure the best crop, the best economics, and, you know, it's, it's actually best environmental impact as well through this. So the traditional way or the, the original way, you would take a representative sample, I think every acre and a half, something along that line. I'm sure that's wrong. But you look at a soil map and it's blocks, square blocks. You know, this is this sample, this sample, this sample um, to put together a soil map. And you try to apply based off that. But it's, you know, an acre and a half is very large still. That's probably four of your typical new residential house lots, I'm thinking. So if you look at uh, what they're doing, the soil map has curves all through it of maybe they got to add more phosphorus or, or potash or nitro, less, less so about nitrogen, but some of these key fertilizer uh, components, they can map that out very precisely over a much, much smaller uh, area. And with that information, you can now use uh, a, a machine that'll apply fertilizer that will turn those, that on and off you come up with a customized recipe, I guess you could say, for that field, and it will turn that fertilizer on and off on its own following a program as it goes over that field based off of that soil map. So it's very, uh, it, it's just fine-tuning the precision of that, and it's very exciting stuff because that's, that's going to help with productivity on a farm. It's going to help with, you know, environmental footprint. It'll help uh, 
with maximizing, uh, you know, uh, is, that's, that's also food security. That's going to help with just maximizing the ability of farmers to produce food. Now, are a lot of the conversations you're having with some of our um, ag owners about new technology like this? And are they coming for loans to acquire new equipment? Yeah, there's there's a couple, like the equipment's always evolving. Like, if you look at the efficiency of a tractor today compared to one 20 years old, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible how much uh, less fuel, how much more productive those things are. So a lot of times provided that uh, they're in a, in a good position to do so is yeah, a lot of very progressive farmers want to continuously update their equipment. They want to make sure they have, you know, the best uh, ability to run their farm well. And they also want to make sure that they don't run into maintenance issues because another struggle on a farm is weather is your friend and your enemy. And if I remember falls where it was such, you had such a tiny window to get your crop off between rain. And so you can't afford a, for a piece of equipment to be d- down and not working during that time. It's very critical that you have good working equipment so that you can do what you need to do. You, you can't afford to have your crop ruined because of weather, because you had a small window and you didn't have equipment that worked. So it's very important. Something that we talk about a lot at Libro is knowing our owners. How often are you out at farms, boots on the ground, listening to what our ag owners are saying? Well, that's a that that actually ties in a lot with a, a lot of changes to the the workplace. Um, a lot of times in the old days, I'll say, uh, before a lot of us worked from home, was that we would a lot of times the farmers would come into us at the branch and meet us in our office. And now um, when we're meeting in person, most of the time we're going out to them. So I would say it's, it's rather seasonal Uh, when, when uh, crops are coming off October, November, I probably get out to the farm a lot less because unless I'm going to go sit and ride in a combine, which I've been known to do. Yeah. And you know, I enjoy that and you can have great conversations with, with, uh, with the farmers during that time. But we, we try, often I would say I, I don't get out as much during those busy times because unless they need me there. If they want me there, I'm there. Uh, for me, if, you know, if I can go ride, ride along with them and have a conversation, great. But I also don't want to be in their way. Absolutely. So, and what uh, the beauty of uh, technology these days, it used to be harvest time and planting time were very quiet times for us in the branch. And now, actually, they're, they're almost the busier times. Wow. Because we have a little, everyone's got a little computer in their pocket. Right. And, you know, we can be messaging each other or calling each other. And actually, when you're sitting there in, in that machinery, you know, I remember as a kid, you do a lot of thinking. You're always thinking. Of, and I would think, uh, you know, a lot of our farmers are thinking about, okay, what can I do better next year? What, what can I change? What should I be doing? Um, and it's actually a, fantastic to, to hear from them during those times, because that means you get to be part of those decisions and, and make an impact, a positive impact on those decisions. That's amazing. It's so easy to just rip <clears throat> off a text or an email. Yes. Like you said, 
That's that's really cool to hear how things have changed along with technology changing. That's right. I would like to talk a little bit about partnerships that we have at Libro with some ag companies and some ag owners. Again, we we are deep rooted in the ag community at Libro Credit Union. So fill me in. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so on on the partnership side, what we've found is the needs of farmers has greatly grown and and actually a lot of that has overlapped with a lot of our commercial owners. There's a lot more farmers that are doing business uh, overseas or uh, either through purchasing or or selling. So the ability to use uh, a lot more payment uh, or cash management type uh, services. So our partner XE is is a is a big part of our cash management services. The ability to do uh, like uh, be able to send funds. ACH or, or receive funds is has really grown in the ag side of things, and we've seen a number of our uh, our owners who were strictly farming that have also expanded more into agribusiness or farm gate sales. A lot of those services are really key for them: the ability to make purchases electronically or receive their payments electronically, and. So that, that's a key one. Another, another one is on the leasing side of things. There's a lot of opportunities, and typically in the past, we haven't done, a, I would say, a lot of leasing, but that's something uh, that we are, I believe, is something that we can do more of with farm owners, and I think that would provide a lot of relief on how we, how we structure debt. And the leasing option, I think, is going to be a lot more critical. A lot of this equipment costs a lot more money now, and the ability to uh, move some of that off balance sheet there there's not i would i would not say in every case but there's a, a lot of scenarios where leasing can be a very good option as well as using some of the government programs circling back to the equipment there's there's some new programs coming out uh, based on like the environmental farm plan where you can get funding from the government it's almost like a, a co-funding the government will provide a certain amount of money or a piece of equipment, and we finance the other side of it. So that's the government's always a partner, one way or another, in a lot of these things. In terms of other partnerships, the Rural Ontario Institute is is a is an organization affiliated with the University of Guelph, which works. Uh, they have a number of programs. the The Advanced Ag Leadership Program that I participated is one of them, or what we call ALP. Uh, but they also have Rural Change Makers. And Libro is a, a, a sponsor of the Rural Ontario Institute because we have a dedication to help improve uh, and provide resources to rural leaders and, and to improve rural life. That's amazing. Is there anything else, Matt, that you wanted to chat about while I have you here? Um, I'm just thinking if, I don't know, maybe a farmer is going to listen to this in their combine and they don't bank with Libro. Everything that we do is very tailor-made. Nothing is very cookie cutter. And it, that's not specific to ag. That's just in general. You need to come in, have a conversation with a coach and make the best plan for you. But is there anything else ag-related that you wanted to touch on while we have time? Well, I, I, I believe, I really do believe that with Libro, we... We are very dedicated to ag, uh, agriculture, and, and now and in the future. And 
I guess the, the joy of being working in agriculture with Libro is that we we really put a lot of emphasis on the capability of that individual that we're working with of that owner. There's there's a lot of industries that are hot and cold out there in terms of interest from financial institutions. And we try to take more of a level approach. We like to look at what they're doing, uh, what they have done. Uh, and we value that relationship. Like we, we want to ensure that we have people working for Libro in agriculture that are there for the long term, And we want them to have long-term relationships with our owners, our farm owners and our agribusiness owners, because that's very important. That's important when times are good and when times are bad. And we want to make sure that we're there to, to uh, be of service through both. Love that. Thank you, Matt, for your time. I really appreciate this conversation that we've had today. I've learned a lot. Um, and thank you very much for joining me. Well, thank you very much. If you have been enjoying this, don't forget you can always subscribe. We'll notify you right away when a new episode comes out. If you want to hear us talk about something, Libro.ca under the Learn tab, the Money Made Better podcast lives right there. There is a form. You can just pop in your name and a topic suggestion. We would love to hear from you. Or you can always slide into our DMs on social media as well. Um, We would love to have you join the conversation and answer any questions you may have. Thank you once again for being here. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett. We will be back next month talking small business because October is Small Business Month. So until then, stay well. Stay well.